right, if we could, let's find our seats. While we're finding our seats, I do have a, uh, an unction I just want to share with the body. I believe it's for Victory Life as a whole. But I don't know if you've thought about it, but almost everything in life comes in seasons. We have natural seasons of the world. We have winter and fall and spring and summer and all that. And your family goes through seasons. Your business goes through seasons. And churches go through seasons. And I believe for us, we're entering a season where servanthood is going to lead to seeing the supernatural and a a greater abundance. We're already getting reports over and over again, but I think that's about to be synergized for us. And so I really want you to pay attention to the message because it's really simplistic to be used by God. It's really not difficult at all. And I just want to encourage you. For those that will sow the seed before the rain comes, they're the ones that produce the fruit. A lot of people in the world, because they're natural thinking, they want proof and evidence that it's going to rain before they'll sow. And I don't know about you, but we've had four days where they said, it's going to rain, it's going to rain, it's going to rain, and finally rained. But the person who sowed the seed knowing and trusting it was going to rain is the one that will reap the harvest. And so God wants to use everyone in this season of just simply serving. We'll see the supernatural, but you've got to be willing to serve. You've got to be willing to sow. Doug, Terry, you guys have kept the faith and have sowed for the supernatural for a very long time, and you're about to see that come to a new level for the both of you. Um, and I think a part of that's because you have a real love for people who just got saved, and they're not religious yet. And so you're going to see the supernatural because they're willing to believe with you. So uh, that's coming for you, all right? Uh, Brandon, same thing for you. You're fixing to see a new, a new flip of a coin, a new season. And it's just because you've been faithful. It's just because you have a great heart and because you're willing to do what the Lord says and you want to do the right thing. And it's not that other people aren't going to receive that, but the Lord wanted me to encourage you, stay the course. Don't let anything turn you left or right. You just keep doing because what you're doing right now is pleasing to the Lord. And if you're pleasing the Lord, everything else works out. Amen. Galatians chapter 6, and then let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we open up your word, open up our hearts. Let us not say in our mind or in our hearts, I already know this, and shut off and lose what you're trying to say to us. Lord, I pray that we would have hearts and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Tonight's message is called, Do Not Be Deceived. And it's... It's really important that you hear. Here's what the scripture says. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. I'm reading from the New King James. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart or faint. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. I love the way that starts out. Let's go back. Do not 
be deceived. That denotes and indicates, and he's talking to believers, that we can be deceived. It's a warning. Do not be deceived. I was in high school, and marijuana had become real popular in our school about that time, about the 11th grade, it got more and more. And this actually happened. This guy's talking to him, and he says, I, I just don't believe that smoking dope kills any brain cells, man. I just don't believe it. And then he looks at me, and he says, oh, what's my locker number again? <laughs> Do not be deceived. Or you could be like the individual who told one of our pastors, a pastor, if I was deceived, I would know it. That cracks me up. If I was deceived, I'd know it. No. See, here's the thing, beloved. The enemy doesn't need any new tricks. The old ones work really, really well. And deception is one of those. Do not be deceived. Can I pick something that's just kind of out of the box and and let you think about it from another way? People, thank you, I was going to do it anyway, but I appreciate the permission. So. Hey, have you heard people say, well, of, of course I'm, I'm hot-tempered, and I'm a redhead. D- do you know that's not going to fly in heaven? Did you know you're not going to be able to stand before God and say, I was mean and mad because I was a redhead? No, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be Christ-like. You're not going to get to say, because I was German or because I was Spanish, or because I was born on this side of the track. Do not be (laughs) deceived. It is very important that we let the Word of God define truth for us, and that we have mentors and people we submit to, people who hold us accountable, because you don't know your own blind spots. There are blind spots for a reason. You can't see them. But people who are not where you are, sitting where you're sitting, can see what you can't see. And so I love this from the Word of God. Do not be deceived. And then he says this, God is not mocked. God refuses to be ignored, disrespected. The word mocked in the dictionary says, made unreal. God says, don't be deceived, because the world is deceived, and he's telling them, be careful, because God cannot be made unreal. The more you try to disprove God, the more you prove God. And, and this is so interesting to me, because he goes from there, and he begins to give us an example so that you can see how real this is. He gives us an example of how God will not be made unreal. And here's what he says next. He says, For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He's talking about not being deceived. He says, Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Now, this is real simplistic. It's not rocket science. Whatever you sow, you reap. It works everywhere all the time for everyone. It's a no-brainer. Now, it's not a trick question, so you can respond with some fervor. 
If you sow corn, what's going to grow? Thank you. If you sow apples, what's going to grow? Is there anywhere on the planet that you can sow an apple seed and get a pear tree? You know why? Because the Bible is real and because God will not be made unreal. And he says to you, this is how vivid this is. God's not going to be made unreal. Wherever you go, God's word that says whatever you sow, that's what you reap. It works everywhere, all the time, for everyone. It's, it's an impossible rule to overcome because you can't make God unreal. He will show up. If you sow corn, you will reap corn. Now, I help lots of people with their lives because I don't, I'm not a rocket scientist. I only know about five things. But those five things work everywhere all the time and for everyone. One of those five things is sowing and reaping. And so I'm sitting with people whose life are a mess. And they will tell me, I hate my life. And so I will tell them this truth. If you want your life to change, you have to sow something else. It is not rocket science. Now, everybody knows my distaste for eggplant. I've made it very well known. I do not like eggplant. You cannot put enough salt on eggplant. You can't put enough hot sauce on eggplant. You can't put enough cheese on eggplant to make it edible. It's just not something that's worth eating to me. But it doesn't matter how bad I hate eggplant... If I sow it, what's going to come up? So I can hate it. I hate eggplant. But if I keep sowing it, it doesn't matter how bad I hate it. It's going to come up. So if I want to sow something else, something I do like, like corn. I love corn. Man, we had fresh corn from my garden the other day. It was awesome. But before I can sow corn, I have to dig up the eggplant. That's called repentance. It's real simplistic. You don't like what you're doing? Stop doing that. Repent. Dig it up. And then sow what you like. I like corn, so I sowed corn. I like cantaloupe, so I sowed cantaloupe. And it's all coming up, and it's marvelous. The problem with most people in their life is the period of transition is they really realize, wow, I hate eggplant or I hate this particular thing in my life. And they repent. Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want to do that anymore. And they sow something else. The problem is they want to reap the next day. Men are notorious for this. I am so mad at my wife, Pastor. Why? Well, I gave my heart to the Lord and I started coming to church and she still doesn't trust me. Well, how long did you live for yourself? 40 years. And you're mad because four days have gone by and she still doesn't trust you? See, I'm, the reason I didn't get an amen is because y'all are like, oh man, that hurts. 
It takes time for the new seed to come up. Do not be deceived. God will not be made unreal. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. And it doesn't matter how bad you hate it or how long or how little you've done it. If you're reaping it, you have to dig it up through repentance and sow something else. And then you need to take care of it long enough for it to grow up before you can partake of it. Early on in our marriage, Ginger can tell you, we were both miserable. We were so into our flesh, and we were of the flesh, reaping corruption. And we did it on purpose. You did too, you just don't want to admit it. We were married... We actually liked one another, but we were so into things that didn't lead to a healthy marriage. We would drink every Friday night and get drunk and then fight and argue and be miserable all the way to Monday. And then we'd kiss and make up, go through the week, and on Friday, we would sow some more stupidity. I'm I'm actually talking about you. I'm just using me because I can handle it. Do not be deceived. Whatever you sow, that's what you... He's giving us a clear picture of how God says, you will not ignore me. This works everywhere, all the time, for everyone. No matter what you say, I'm going to show up and show myself real. If you sow corn, you can reap corn. If you sow anger, you're going to reap. It's a very explicit example so that you and I can see God's not going to be taken out of the picture. He's going to show up. He's going to show off. He's going to show himself real. And you can't deny what you sow is what you reap. And then he takes it in for you and I because he's talking to Christians into the spiritual realm. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. It's a very simplistic understanding. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that. And yet, I am blown away continually by Christians who continue to sow to their flesh but expect to reap something spiritual, to expect a blessing while sowing things that are cursed. Now, let me just pick a subject, because I could pick anything, and we'd all be guilty, and I hope to make us all guilty for it's all over with. I'm an equal opportunity sower. It amazes me how we talk about family. And we think it's endearing, But it's demeaning. I hear men say all the time, my old lady said thus and so. Your old lady, well, she may be old, but that's not a very enduring term. Okay, the the women get it. The men are like, who? Yeah, you keep sowing it, you'll keep reaping corruption. I'm right. I hear people talk about their children. My little hellions. In the name of Jesus, come on. 
I, I, I've got these little rugrats. We, we sow to the flesh and we wonder why we're reaping destruction. You want to know how to have a loving marriage? Speak life over your spouse. Well, I'm just not any good at that, Pastor. Well, you can get good at it. You are really good at being demeaning. You need to repent, dig that up, and start sowing some words of kindness and encouragement and love and praise. You know what the Bible says about the, the virtuous woman? That her children rise up and call her blessed. And then he tells you why. Her husband also and praiseth her. Where did the kids learn to bless their mom? They saw dad blessing their mom. They saw dad praising their mom. Oh, man. <laughs> See, either this really, really hurts or you're afraid to amen. Because I'm preaching really good. Good preaching, little preacher. He's, he's defining how you're not going to make fun of God and you're not going to get him out of the picture. If you sow to the flesh, it doesn't matter how spiritual you think you are. If you sow to your flesh, if you sow to your own desires, you will of the flesh reap corruption, bad things, cursed things, deadly things. And it doesn't matter how many Bibles you have. It doesn't matter how often you come to church. If you don't submit your anger to God, that anger being sown will reap destruction. And you don't get to blame it on your mom or your dad. You don't get to blame it on the color of your skin. You don't get to blame it on any of these things. As a human being who has submitted themselves to God, God wants to make you like Christ. And there's no caveats to, well, I want to make you like Christ, but if you're red-headed, I can't do that. If you're a German, you're excluded. Well, if your dad was an angry person, then you get a free pass to be in. No, none of that. You have to realize that a part of what's going on, if you keep reaping something you don't like in your life, and you really love God, you need to ask yourself, what am I sowing to? Because whatever you're reaping, you are sowing to it, whether you realize it or not. All you have to do is get the mind to God, where am I sowing to that? I was talking to some young children earlier, and they were talking back and forth, and the one kid punched the other one in the, in the arm. And he went, oh. And I said to him, here's what I know. You've probably sown to that. When, when people are, are given, been, being given a hard time by someone else, I sit in the office all the time, and it's in fun, but they're, they're, they're giving that person a hard time, and inevitably they will pull the pastor card on this individual. Pastor, you need to say something to them. Well, let me say something to you first. Here's what I know. 
you sowed to that. <laughs> See? I, it, it's in fun, but if people are giving you a hard time, I can bank on you give people a hard time. See, see, you really want me to get hard on the drug addicts and the alcoholics because you ain't that anymore. But I've had to take a hard look at my own life and realize where I'm at in life is because of choices that I made. And if I don't like it, I can make different choices. I don't get to blame my neighborhood. I don't get to blame my mom and dad. I don't get to blame y'all. I make my own choices in life. And between me and God, we can change anything that needs to be changed in my life. I don't have to be like my dad or my mom. Or I can be like them if it was good things. But I get to choose that. And, and God is putting a warning to all of us. Don't be deceived. Things are happening in my life and I need to ask myself, what am I sowing to Am I sowing to the Spirit? You being here tonight is sowing to the Spirit. You will of the Spirit. If you're listening, you'll walk away from here tonight going, I'm glad I came. Because you sowed to the Spirit. The Spirit goes, yes. That Pastor Lee was right on. <laughs> That's my story and I'm sticking to it. But if you sit here and you don't want to be here, every minute I speak is wasted in your ears. Because you're sowing to your flesh. I'd rather be home. Well, you should have stayed home. <laughs> because an attitude like that is not going to reap anything from this service except more attitude of being angry about coming to church. If you sow to the flesh, you'll of the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, you will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And then he says this. I love this. And let us not get weary while doing good. Don't get tired of being like Christ. Don't get weary in doing the right thing. Because you can be deceived. This isn't working. I keep sowing good things and nothing's happening. I'm still not rich. Well, not with an attitude like that, you're not going to be. And let us not get weary. The Bible says in Daniel that there is a spirit let loose to wear out the saints. And if you don't watch it, you will get worn out doing the right thing. And he gives you a warning. Don't be deceived. It's possible for you to love God with all your heart and want to serve and get tired of doing the right thing. Get tired of loving a child who is still rebellious. Getting tired of doing right by a spouse that still hasn't caught up to the game yet. It's hard to do right when that other person is still not doing right. It's hard to stay the course when you haven't reaped the blessing just yet. And the Lord tells us, don't be deceived. Don't, don't, don't think that it can't happen to you. Well, I'll, I'll never get tired of serving God. I watch it all the time. People throw in the towel. They give up. They're, they're like that guy that had this gold mine. And he was digging and digging and digging. And the gold mine dried up and he didn't have any more money. And he sold all of his tools and his mind for like a penny on the dollar. 
to get out of it. And the guy that bought it hired a geologist to come in, and they found out that the earth had shifted. He went down like three feet and hit one of the biggest gold mines ever. But the guy that had it first gave up three feet before his whole life could have changed. And that's the warning. Don't get tired. Don't give up. Keep doing the right thing, even if nobody else seems to notice. God is paying attention. God sees when nobody else sees. You are sowing seed. You shall reap in due season if you don't throw in the towel. Pastor, I'm tired. That sounds real close to being weary. And let us not get weary in well-doing. And he tells you why. Don't get tired. Don't get weary. Because you shall reap. The word shall is the strongest word in the language. It means you can count on it. You shall reap. But then there's this caveat. It's actually the biggest word in the entire human language. It is the word if. You shall reap. You can count on it. If. If you don't get tired. If you don't throw in the towel. If you don't give up and say, this isn't working. Because that's one of the enemy's tactics. Again, he doesn't need any new ones. The old ones work really, really well. And I've been doing this for years. Tired. I'm going to go back. It was easier when I was not even trying to serve God. It's a lie. Don't get weary in well-doing. For you shall reap. Listen, saints, we as Christians need to understand there's more to this life than this life. Because in this flesh, our time is limited. Eternity is forever. And what you sow to now in the temporary will follow you into eternity. And so he's telling you, don't get weary. I know it's hard. Don't give up. You shall reap if. How many people do you know who started out gangbusters for the Lord? And where are they now? How many people do you know who, they were here every Sunday, every Wednesday. Man, I can't get enough of God. This is awesome. I'll follow you anywhere, Pastor. And where are they now? You know what happened? They got weary in well-doing. Somebody promised them planes and trains, and what they got was run over. God didn't say you wouldn't have an enemy. God didn't say he wouldn't try to take you out. God said he'd be with you. And he tells you, don't be deceived. You can be deceived into thinking this isn't working. You can be deceived into thinking it's just not, it's not going to happen. I'm doing all the good. I keep loving. I keep encouraging. And all I get is this negative back. It's just, it's just not working. It's just not worth it. He tells you, don't get weary in well-doing. For you shall reap in due season. Say due season. I believe for victory, we're in a due season. I believe it's the right time. I believe we've sowed enough seed in the time of no rain, that the rain is coming, 
and we're going to see exponential fruit. I believe that. I love due season. I love, as you therefore have opportunity. There's due seasons. There's times and seasons. The scripture says, be instant in season and out of season. What does that mean? Be instant in season, out of season. Dwayne showed me what that means, at least in Dwayne's world. When it was Dwayne and I early, early on in the ministry, Dwayne would be caught up in a major meeting on a Wednesday. And he intended the meeting to be a half an hour meeting and ended up being a three and a half hour meeting. And he would call me an hour before surf and say, you're on. Because I can't make it. I need to fix this thing. I need to work this out. You need to preach tonight. Well, if you're one of those individuals, I'm not happen to be one of them, but if you're one of those ones that needs a week to get ready, you're in trouble. That's when you have the meetings like, we're just going to have a testimony night. Right? <laughs> just need to testify to the goodness of God. What that generally means is you didn't have anything to say. And so when Dwayne said, you be instant in season, he meant, you be ready. And now he tells the next generation of leaders, you be ready because the live feed could go down at any time and that pastor's got to step in and make something happen. He's got to know what's going on. What it means to be instant in season and out of season is that even when the opportunity is not really convenient, you need to be ready anyway. You see, people come to church expecting ministry to happen at church, and it does, but ministry can happen on the way to church. That's why you have to be instant in season, out of season. God might ask you to pray for somebody at Walmart before you get to church. God might put somebody in your path who needs you to pray for them to be healed right now. They don't have a time to get to Zach yet. Church people are so funny. They, they will see somebody in need, and they think they did their Christian diligence to bring them to church and drop them off and go, here, Zach, he's all yours. Listen, I, I, I just I want to challenge some thinking here. What if God was smart? What if God really knew what he was doing? And what if God loved you enough that he put you in that person's path at that time, on that road, so that you could pray and see healing? What if God put you in that path so you could take money out of your wallet instead of the preacher's wallet? Because, you know, all preachers are just full of money. All they do is fish and golf and speak once a week, rolling in money. What if God was smart and God wanted to bless you and use you to change your world? What if God put you there for you to receive the blessing, for you to grow in your faith, for you to see the supernatural? <laughs> That's what it means to be instant, in season, out of season. I don't know if you've thought about that. This whole book, the whole book, everything in this book is about being ready ready for death, and ready for life, and everything in between it. This whole book is about helping you get ready for marriage. Don't get married and then ask God if she's the right one. Get in the Word. <laughs> well, if I just got married, I'd be happy. Hey, go talk to some people who are married and ask them first, okay? <laughs> the whole book's about being 
about being ready for everything that life has to offer you. Children, marriage, business, whatever. Acts 10.38, I love this. It says about Jesus that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. Have you ever heard the old uh, Assembly of God people talk about the Holy Ghost and fire? I mean, man, they like the fire stuff, the Holy Ghost and fire. Well, here it says Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And I want you to see what the result is of being filled with the Holy Ghost and power. It says right after that, and he went about doing good. Did you know God doesn't see any difference in doing good in the supernatural? He puts them in the same sense. I don't have time, but I'm going to take it anyway. We, We make a real big spiritual thing out of people playing the tambourine. And people dancing before God. Well, you better be dancing in the Spirit, brother. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, you better be playing that tambourine in the Spirit? (laughs) We're crazy. Write it down as a universal sickness. At least we're all crazy. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost in power, and the result of that was he went about doing good. And then it says, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Here's what I heard the Lord say. If we would be willing to serve, if we would be willing to just get involved in doing good in our community, the result of that will be seeing the supernatural. The result will be being like Jesus. Jesus said, as I was sent in this world, so send I you. Well, how was he sent? Anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And the result of that was he went about doing good see you didn't get it you had a marvelous time to explode in thunderous applause and just faith that awesome things are going to happen but see we've separated doing good and the supernatural and God puts them in the same sentence for a reason do not be deceived you don't have to be blowing on people to see the supernatural now I'm going to say this I love this pastor. I've got his back. I promise you. I've got his back. You try to harm him, you try to put him down in my presence, I will put you in a Holy Ghost headlock. But you don't have to be Zach to see people healed. You know why Zach sees people healed? Because he prays for people. And it's the good thing. That's what we, When we pray for somebody, that's a good thing. Don't ever let anybody tell you praying for somebody is a bad thing. Praying for people is a good thing. Well, what if they don't get healed? Well, they were going to die anyway. At least they might die having some sense of faith and that God was good, cared enough about them to send you. We're all wrapped up in the wrong stuff. Jesus sent us in the world the same way he was sent, anointed with the Holy Ghost in power, and the result of that is we should be be doing good. He says, as you, individually, as you, therefore. Remember, we've been taught if there's a therefore, we need to ask ourselves, what is therefore? Because God doesn't want you deceived, and because what you sow is what you reap, and because if you sow to the spiritual, you'll reap spiritual things. Because all that is true, as you have opportunity, do good to all men. He didn't say, 
he goes on to say, especially those out of the household of faith, because Christians need encouraged. But he didn't say, just do it to church people. He said, do good to all men. Do good to every person. As you have opportunity. I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. Opportunity is God's gift to you. What you do with that opportunity is your gift back to God. You know what the church needs? Eyes to see opportunities. We walk by opportunities every day because we're focused on the wrong thing. Well, when I get to church, God will use me. Man, I've been in Walmart and God has used me because I had eyes to see. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Have you ever seen a woman that her mascara is running because she's been crying? I was in Walmart, it's probably been a year ago now, and I ran smack dab into this lady. She looked like Alice Cooper. <laughs> if you don't know who Alice Cooper is, Google it. Her mascara had run, looked like black tears, like Alice Cooper used to have. Her eyes were all puffy. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know this lady's hurting. And so I said, ma'am, I know you don't know me, but it's obvious something is wrong. Is there something I could pray with you about? And she broke down and just told me her life story and all that was going on, and it was bad. And I said, well, let me pray. And she said, here? Yep, right here in the fruits and vegetables. We're going to pray. And you know what I believe? I believe God answered my prayer. And I believe she saw supernatural things. You know why? Because good always comes along with supernatural if we'll have a heart to serve, we'll see the supernatural. I'm going to end with this. Ephesians 2.10 says that you were created for good works. And I, people tell me all the time, but pastor, you just don't know how bad I am. It doesn't matter how bad you are. You were created for good works. And you've been deceived. One of the things the enemy uses against the body of Christ is deception. That you have to have a whole knowledge of the Word of God before you can see healing, that you've got to know the Word of God frontwards and backwards, that you've got to be able to quote the Hebrew and the Greek. And You know what? The world doesn't care about Hebrew and Greek. The world cares about you caring about them. And I've only been turned down one time now in almost 40 years of ministry to the person said, I don't want you praying for me. And they didn't even tell me. They told somebody else to tell me. I prayed for him anyway. I just didn't let him know it. The Bible says you are his workmanship and you were created for good works. So here's the thing. If, here, when you do good things, it's home for you. When you do good, this, think about this. When you do good works, when you do good things to other people, you are at your best. When you do good things, you feel your best. And the truth is, when you do good things, you feel closest to God. You know why? Because that's the heartbeat of God. That's how we sent Jesus, to do good things. And when you do good things, you feel your best because you're at home. You're walking in kingdom principles. So let's go about serving so we can see the supernatural. Amen. Amen.
Here's what I want to do. You can't hear a message like that and not be challenged. And I don't want anybody to come forward just because they don't want to be the only one sitting in their chair. But here's what I believe. It's time for the church to stop sitting and waiting for something to happen and go make it happen. Well, I sure wish somebody would tell them about Jesus. Duh. It's on your heart for a reason. Well, what if they turn me down? They were going to hell anyway. You cannot lose a deal like that. You know you're saved today because somebody was willing to take the gamble. Because somebody was willing to do good at the risk of being rejected. Somehow the church has lost that. You know, I got made fun of my whole life, and you did too. When I had long hair, people made fun of it. When I got my hair cut, people made fun of it. When I listened to rock and roll, people made fun of it. When I listened to disco, people made fun of it. When I wore slacks, people made fun of it. When I wore jeans and tennis shoes, people made fun of it. What I realized is, I'm going to be made fun of anyway. Why not make it for the right things? Right? If you're going to be persecuted, be persecuted for the right reason. So here's what I want to do. I I want to give a call and a challenge for people who are ready to step forward. For people who are ready. You don't don't have to come forward. I'm going to ask you to stand in just a second, but you can do it earlier yet. Raise your hand. People who are willing to take the risk. People who are tired of waiting for our world to change and are willing to say, I'll be the change. I'm going to step out and I'm going to start doing and looking for more opportunities to just do good. And I'm going to believe God as I do good, the supernatural is going to happen. Because I really believe with all of my heart, that's the season we're in. And so I want everybody to stand. I'm going to christen you. (laughs) If you're ready... And you're not just playing games. I do not need a welfare race of hands. I want you to mean business. Because I promise you with all of my heart that God means it with all of his heart. If you're willing to step out, he's willing to step forward. If you're willing to stand up for him, he's willing to stand up for you. I promise you. I've seen so many things that people said could not happen because I was willing to step into that world and believe God to just use me. And he wants to use you. And so I'm just going to ask with every head bowed and with every eye closed so that this is really just between you and God and me. If you're ready, you know in your heart this is the season for you to get up and make a difference. For you to step forward, to stop waiting for somebody else to be that difference maker. That you're going to go about, like Jesus, doing good, believing that what will follow that is people being healed in their heart, in their spirit, in their body, people being restored to their loved ones, and on and on. If you're willing to take that step as a member of Victory and say, yes, I want to, by faith, step into that new season, I want you to lift up your hand so that I know who I'm praying for. Wow. Zach, take names. Why they got their hands up? No, not really. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I thank you, Lord God, that if we're willing, you are more than willing. We do not have to beg revival from you. You're not opposed to it. You're waiting for us to step into our world, to be light in the darkness, salt in the blandness, to stand up for righteousness. Lord, I thank you that as we are anointed by God, that we're going to go about looking for opportunities. As we therefore have opportunity, we are going to do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. And we're going to believe that as we step in to doing the good, the supernatural will follow and people will be healed. Because Jesus said he'd send us like he was sent. And everywhere he went, people were healed who were oppressed of the devil. So, Lord, I thank you for the testimonies, for people coming to tell Zach, I stepped out and here's what God did, so that we can begin to encourage one another. That's the only thing. I hear about it every day because I get the phone calls. We need to hear from one another that this is working, that we're stepping out and God's making a way, that God's using us in supernatural ways, that people's lives are being touched because we were willing to step into our world. Lord, I thank you for it, and I praise you for it in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give it up if you got anything out of that. You're all too gracious. If you need prayer for anything, you need prayer for healing, you need prayer for salvation, you want to come up and say, hey, I'm one of those ones that needs to get baptized. If you have any need... We got our, we're going to have our prayer warriors up here, our service team. They're coming as I'm talking. We're ready to pray for you. If you need anything, let us pray for you. If not, you are free to go change your world.